This is an AMI podcast. I'm Joitha Gupta, and this is The Pulse. Isolation and forming connections has proved challenging for everyone during the pandemic. But for people with disabilities, establishing friendships or finding romantic partners has always been a challenge. Apart from widespread societal ableism, being the inaccessibility of both dating apps and physical meeting spaces has kept people with disabilities on the sidelines of the dating world. Many innovators are trying to change the conversation now. Some are busting the stigma by talking openly about disability, dating, and sex. Others are leveraging technology to create an equal playing field for people with disabilities to meet, mingle, and find love or companionship. Today, we discuss disability and dating. It's time to put your finger on the pulse. And welcome to The Pulse on AMI-audio. I'm Joitha Gupta. Really excited about today's program. We don't often get to talk about disability and dating. And I know that there have been a number of people who've uh, wanted me to cover the marriage equality question for people with disabilities. And I hope to secure an interview in the near future to talk more about that. But it just so happened that I read an article quite recently about an innovative app that is meant to provide a platform for people with disabilities and people who are neurodivergent to try and meet like-minded people, not just for dating, but also to find friendship and other forms of companionship. Joining me now to talk about the app is its creator and founder, Christy Faye Collins. Christy, this is your first time on The Pulse. Welcome to the program. So nice to have you. Hi, it's so lovely to be here. Thank you for having me. Your app is called Noni. Tell us about how it came about. Yeah, so it's Nomi, N-O-M-I, and um, it came about because, so I am an autistic woman, and I value community, I value lifting each other up, having a space where we can be ourselves. That's really my main goal with this app, to just create a space where people can really feel like they can be themselves, they can express themselves in whatever manner they want to. So it's geared towards disabled folks, that's any type of disability, including chronic illness, that's physical disability, invisible disability, and any kind of neurodivergence. So for me personally, that's autism. For other people, that's ADHD, BPD, we have PTSD, there's a whole umbrella under neurodivergence. So I really want to create a space for both disabled and neurodivergent people to just be themselves and meet each other. So, I mean, I'm blind. I have a sense of some of the challenges involved with dating or even trying to meet new people when you're blind. What are some of the barriers that come up for someone uh, who might be neurodivergent in trying to meet new people or if they're trying to date? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, for neurodivergent people specifically, we see the world in a different way. So when we meet somebody, we kind of need to assess whether we're going to match on the level of how we see the world in the first place. Mm -hmm. So I found it much easier to relate to other neurodivergent folks. My partner has ADHD. Um, I feel like it's just it makes you feel safer being around people who can fundamentally understand how your brain functions. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
So the barriers that come up could be people just not understanding, um, not being able to relate to you, not understanding when something happens that you have a reaction to that may feel stronger to them than it's warranted to be. I've experienced meltdowns. Um, so my partner is really good at being very neutral when I'm having a meltdown and just being there for mm -hmm. support. But I've also been around other people who just don't know what's happening and they start to freak out, which makes me freak out even more. So the benefits of being around people who can relate to what you're going through in those moments is so important. And so let's bring it back to the question of a dating app. There are a bunch of them out there, the well-known ones. Tinder, of course, is the especially well-known. What sort of a niche is know me filling that these mainstream apps isn't able to fill? I mean, isn't it just as likely that you'll meet someone with a disability uh, by swiping? Is it left or right? I don't even remember. By swiping <laughs> yeah. on, on Tinder, for example. Yeah. So Tinder, the default on Tinder is that you assume people are able-bodied and not neurodivergent, so that mm -hmm. most people are neurotypical and able-bodied. So by creating an intentional space where disabled and neurodivergent people can get together, we're really filling that space with intention around disability, starting a conversation around disability, where at Tinder there is not a conversation about disability. A lot of people have the experience of adding photos of themselves on Tinder where they feature their crutches or their wheelchair, and they're still met with surprise when they say that they're disabled. So we're just cutting out the opportunity for surprise around your disability and neurodivergence. I think that's a really good point because a lot of people do struggle with when to disclose a disability, uh, whether it's a job interview or, you know, when you're meeting a prospective partner or even a friend. Why is it that an app like yours is so attractive for people with disabilities? Is it just because it takes the, uh, the uncertainty out of it or is there more going on? That's a really good question. I, I've been doing a general survey of uh, disabled and neurodivergent folk to get at that question itself. But I think that so many spaces are created without regard for disability and neurodivergence. Mm -hmm. So I think that the value of this app is around the fact that disabled and neurodivergent people just want to be heard. They want to be seen. They want to find their own community of people who understand what they're going through. So mm -hmm. I think there's such a need for connection among disabled folks. Like we haven't put a lot of focus on how to create connection for disabled mm -hmm. people. And this is definitely something that people need because of that. Tell me a bit about the setup of the app. If I were to download it on my phone, what happens? Is it structured a lot like the um, the mainstream dating apps that we might encounter or are there things that are unique to the app to cater to the needs of people with disabilities? Yeah, I mean, it won't be entirely unfamiliar to people who have used mainstream dating apps in the past. So basically you enter the login screen, you can either log in or sign up, all of that is familiar. But from there we have 
more focus on accessibility, focus on a very clean user interface so that people with visual processing disorders or um, anything else, any barriers that people experience during the sign up process, we can just cut those out by creating a place where um, it's all clean, it's all very clear cut, what the next steps are, how far you've made it in the sign up process. And you are able to skip most of the questions or you will be able to skip most of the questions at first if you just want to get into the nitty gritty of like how the app actually functions. So if you want to just cut out the whole sign up process itself, you can um, to a certain extent. <laughs> and so I've heard a lot of feedback from people who say that they it's too much pressure when they're on Tinder to swipe right, swipe left, like you're going to lose that person forever. It's so difficult to make that decision. So they would love to have the opportunity to actually look at profiles, take their time looking at profiles and create intentional conversations, start a mm -hmm. meaningful conversation with someone. So there will be the ability to just view profiles as you go rather than the swipe left, swipe right model. That also, a lot of people with ADHD, I've had the majority of people who have uh, given me a lot of feedback at this point have ADHD. Mm -hmm. And they say the fact that Tinder is gamified is actually a negative for them because they get mm. stuck in it. They get stuck in the cycle of swipe right, swipe left, and it becomes more of a game than actually walking into the app wanting to meet somebody. Mm -hmm. That makes a lot of sense. And so tell me about the genesis of this project, because it sounds like you put a lot of work into it. You're getting a ton of feedback. But do you remember the moment when you kind of had that aha feeling like this is something I really need to be working on right now? I do. <laughs> so I was watching Love on the Spectrum. Have you seen that show? On uh, no, <laughs> no, okay. I haven't. Oh. Um, but carry yes. on. Tell us about it. Yeah. In that show, there's a counselor who's working with autistic folk. And she says, you know, when do you say, when do you tell your potential date that you have autism or that you are autistic? Do you tell it, like, do you say in your bio? And she's just referring to mainstream apps. She's saying, if you sign on to Tinder, do you say in your bio that you're autistic? And I thought about it and I was like, wait, there isn't something, there isn't already a resource for disabled and autistic people. So I looked into it. There is one app called Hiki, H-I-K-I for autistic folk. It seems like a wonderful app. It's a beautiful space. They've done a lot of work on it over the past couple of years. And that's it. <laughs> there are some uh, dating apps geared towards disabled folks, but there's not one that has combined the two of them. So that was the moment that I was like, oh no, I'm gonna do this. I have to, I want to help people create community. And it was almost unbelievable to me that this didn't already exist. And, and you have a background in app design. Tell me about that as a space. Is it a space that you've generally found very inclusive of women, uh, trans folk? What's your sort of what has your impression been like? I've actually had a wonderful experience in the uh, technological industry. I have not worked in it for very long. So I took mm -hmm. a boot camp about a year and a half ago. I was actually only one of five women in that boot camp. And going into it, I was actually 
I was afraid that I was going to be the only woman based on what I had heard from other people. But luckily, five, I had a few other peers. Um, and that was about a class of about 25 to 30 people. So once I entered the workforce, it was actually almost an asset that I was a woman because we are having a big push right now in the tech industry to hire women, uh, to hire neurodivergent people. That's also a big asset right now. It's still, you know, there's still a lot of stigma around that. But yeah, I felt like I was very supported. Um, I felt like it was inclusive to me, although I have heard, especially people who entered the tech industry even a couple years before I did, that they really struggled to get into positions of power. That's still a huge problem in any industry, but I think especially the tech industry that yes, women can be hired at a company, but they don't necessarily have a C-class position or they don't necessarily get into the bigger, more powerful management roles and they don't have the ability to choose who works at the company. They don't conduct interviews. So luckily my experience was very positive and continues to be very positive, but I have heard a lot of feedback that it's not as inclusive as my experience would tell. I'm Joyita Gupta, and my guest today is Christy Faye Collins, the founder and creator of Nomi, a new app that is designed for people with disabilities seeking dating experiences, friendship, or companionship. I should mention this. It's not just people looking for dating. You're quite open in saying that the app is geared towards people just looking for friendship or other forms of companionship. Why was it important to broaden the scope of the app and not just make it a dating app? Yeah, I really wanted it to be inclusive to folks who are either in long-term relationships, um, people who are only looking for friendship, they're folks who are asexual and actually don't need romantic partners. There's a whole realm of asexuality that I won't mm -hmm. go fully into detail with in right now, but um, just for the sake of inclusivity, I really wanted it to be open to um, people who are just looking for friendship and not only long-term romantic partners. And that's paid off because in my questionnaire, I have about 130 responses right now. So from that sample group, 116 of those, so that's actually 89% of people are only looking for friendship or are looking for friendship as well as long-term romantic partners. Well, you know that COVID-19 has put a, a tremendous strain on everybody in maintaining those friendships and seeking out new connections. Well, what do you think? I've heard from a lot of people that, you know, online classes or working from home has been a real benefit to people with disabilities. Has there actually been an improvement for people with disabilities when you consider, you know, I don't know, virtual dates or meeting people over Zoom and when you take away some of those tra traditional expectations because of the pandemic, has it actually opened things up for people with disabilities? I really think it has based on what I've heard and my own experience as well. I was just talking to an autistic man the other day who was saying that this pandemic has been such a blessing to him, acknowledging the fact that it's been so difficult and very traumatic for a lot of people, um, for everyone probably. But the one benefit that we can glean from this is that autistic people can just stay home and see people from Zoom and you can leave the Zoom meeting whenever you want. <laughs> and for disabled folks, especially if you have a physical disability, I've also heard from disabled people that 
not having to leave their house and commute to work every day has been so amazing for their mental health, their physical health. It's just really nice being in your home with your animals where you have everything that you need for accessibility. You've set up your whole workspace to be accessible to you. And that's not necessarily true inside of an office. But that's the, the your work situation, not to sort of diminish how important it is. But can you actually get to know someone virtually? Or are we sort of overextending the benefit a little bit because there are limits to maybe how much you can actually get to know someone over Zoom or in a virtual capacity? Or do you think that's the new way to date? (laughs) (laughs) I'd like to think you can still, I'd like to think it's both. I think that there are some incredible benefits to a certain extent. We still do need physical connection. We need, I personally love being in a physical space with somebody, I can see their body language, I can hear the tone of their voice a little bit better. Mm -hmm. So I do enjoy both. I think for quick connection, getting to know people, especially maybe like in terms of dating, if it's a pre-date on Zoom, you can see whether you're going to get along without having to go to a coffee shop and spend an hour talking to someone who you know in the Mm -hmm. first five minutes you're not gonna get along with. So I think there's definitely benefits and drawbacks to it, but I think overall in my experience and from what I've heard, it's truly been such an impactful blessing. What do you think the impact of an app like Nomi is going to be on some of the mainstream dating apps that we talked about earlier in the conversation? Do you think an app like this is going to push Tinder or what have you in the direction of considering disability as something to be valued rather than something to be shunted to one side? Oh, I really hope so. I don't have very high hopes for Tinder. I don't know if they necessarily will adopt any of these practices. Um, But I do think that based on the amount of enthusiasm and the numbers that I have of people who really, really want this space to happen. They want Nomi to happen. I think that there will be an impact on mainstream dating apps because they'll see, oh, a lot of our business, I mean, in Canada, one out of five people are disabled. So if those people leave the dating apps that they're currently on, like Bumble, Hinge, Tinder, they will definitely notice that. That will be very impactful for them. So they will have to consider how do we actually incorporate disability and neurodivergence into our apps, into our models. What are you hoping to accomplish down the road? I know uh, Nomi is in its beginning stages, but what's your ultimate goal with it? I mean, if people can find connection and if they can create spaces for themselves. This is really community led. I am, I honestly have an easy job. I feel like I'm just a facilitator to what the people want. So I I want everyone to feel like they are customizing the space to fit their needs. And if we can create some wonderful communities out of that, if we can make some book clubs, if we can make little Zoom meetups or even in-person meetups from this for people to cultivate long-term friendships and romantic relationships, that will be a success in my books. That's really the impact that I want to make on the community. 
the app is still very young and you're still looking for feedback. And you mentioned you've gotten a ton of feedback already. Tell us a little bit more about the development process and uh, the ways in which people might be able to engage with you and provide you with some feedback on your work. Yeah, so the most valuable um, feedback right now is what kind of features you would want in an accessible, inclusive dating app. So I'm looking for feedback from disabled and neurodivergent folks on what specific features would actually encourage them to use this app that would be the most that would make this the most useful platform for them. I'm looking for people to tell me just more generally about their personal experience as a disabled person. I really value just hearing about people's experiences and finding my own creative ways to incorporate those experiences into the app. One person mentioned that they use a service dog. So from that, I've decided to add a little section on your profile where you can just easily tick a box. I have a service dog with me so people can only they can just reference your profile and see without you having to say, okay, so here's what you need to know about me. If we're going to go meet up in a social setting, you would just be able to see on their profile. So little things like that are actually the most useful thing to me right now in the development process. Has anyone uh, reached out to you? I'm, I'm just curious from some of these, the mainstream, uh, you know, app companies, or even just from other dating apps uh, to find out about some of the innovations to your app. Because as you said, there is a market there and people might want to incorporate some of the features that you've included in your app. Yeah, I haven't actually had any mainstream dating apps reach out to me yet. I've had one person who used to work at Match who's going to help me curate some features, but that's just an independent person. He's not there anymore. Um, I am considering reaching out to mainstream apps, especially the ones that I like, the ones that I think that their model would actually work well with what I'm trying to do. Mm -hmm. So. I'm going to personally do that. I haven't reached out to many mainstream dating apps yet or any. So, um, yeah. Well, there's always a future. I should have asked you this earlier in the conversation, but uh, what part of the country does your app serve or can anyone in Canada use it? At first, it's going to be, so we're planning on having it released just before 2023, at least a beta um, prototype of it. So, it will serve Vancouver Island and Metro Vancouver slash all of BC first, depending on how many people I see are interested in it from those areas. And then we're going to expand across Canada and eventually my goal is for it to be international. Well, I'm gonna be cheering you on all the way. Thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you so much. It was so lovely to talk to you today. That was Christy Faye Collins, the founder and creator of Nomi a dating app that provides friendship and companionship geared to people with disabilities. It'll launch in Vancouver and the rest of British Columbia starting in 2023. For more information, you can always visit nomiconnects.net. That's N-O-M-I. And of course, Christy Faye's email address and other contact information is there as well if you'd like to get in touch to provide some feedback or share your experiences. We have to go for today on The Pulse, but I'd like to thank Nisreen Abdul-Majid, our technical producer. Andy Frank is the manager for AMI-audio, and Paula Deneen is our technical supervisor. Thanks for listening. Stay safe and have a wonderful rest of your day.
This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca.